Hello and a very warm welcome back to Brailcast, connecting the dots for Brailists everywhere. My name is Matthew Horspool and coming up this time we're going to be catching up with Dave Williams and Ed Rogers who recently attended the California State University of Northridge Assistive Technology Conference, abbreviated to CSUN. They were both there in person and sat down to have a chat about halfway through the conference and it's that chat that we're going to hear in this episode. I'm Dave Williams, and I'm joined by Ed Rogers, trustee and good friend to the Brailers Foundation. Welcome into Brailcast, Ed. I thought as we were both here, it might be a good opportunity to talk through some of the Braille and tactile uh, things that we have discovered and seen and experienced at the conference this week i suppose we better start by talking about the monarch because that is i suppose the next step in terms of multi-line and and tactile graphics so this is a project between aph and humanware uh to try and bring to market um you know a tactile display that can render both graphics and braille and you of course with canoe you've been in multi-line braille for over a decade now have you had a chance to see the monarch and, and what did you think about it i have i i've seen it on the exhibit floor i didn't go to their talk for those who haven't had a chance the monarch is about 16 about 15 16 inches wide i think about um about 10, maybe 11 inches front to back, about an inch and a half thick, I think, maybe a little less than that, maybe a little less than that. And apparently, I didn't pick it up, but apparently it weighs about five pounds. It's got a 32-cell wide braille display by 10 lines, so uh, 320 cells, but it also has braille dots between those cells, so to make it up into an even grid, because their big thing is it's tactile graphics, isn't it? And this is all based off the dot pad. Yeah, so this is the technology from Dot Inc. from South Korea. They're the people that brought us the uh, Dot Watch, of course. And uh, yeah, they've got um, Dot Pad as well. So these pins, I think they're they're electromagnetic. Um, the process that they're using to to actuate them. Uh, I noticed with the Monarch as well. So. Let's talk about the, that spacing then, because Braille's not uniform, is it? Do you want to just sort of explain about that, that the dots in Braille, actually, we get a little bit more space with regular Braille between cells than we would between dots within a cell? Yes. Um, Braille, so there is a debate amongst those doing tactile graphics and multi-line Braille about whether you want even grid uh, or, or Braille spacing. And what that means is Braille spacing, to simplify it slightly, the spacing between the two columns of a braille cell is 2.5 millimeters, which is a tenth of an inch. And then between cells, the spacing is about three millimeters, which is slightly wider. And it might not sound like much, but it does make a slightly different perception. Now, if you're using evenly spaced braille, braille dots, as the monarch is, then you leave a wider gap between braille cells. You then have to, rather than each letter being three millimeters apart, they are five millimeters uh, apart. Am I right there? Well, so, I mean, regardless of the numbers, the point is that the shape of your braille letters do feel wider when you're reading. Um, and so it is a slightly different experience. The other characteristic as well of the dot technology 
is that the pins need you to remove your hands while the display is is refreshing because what can happen is that the pins can cling to your um, fingers or the point where you're you're touching so they don't all retract so one of the things and we should say that that you know the monarch they're saying it's it's a beta product at the moment it's not final release you know so and the release could... date whilst we're on that the release date they're saying is 2024 five is that yeah, right yeah so so probably about 18 months away at, at this point but obviously look you've worked in braille product development you know how these things can change i don't know uh, what you mean dave i've never <laughs> been late for a deadline not by more than a decade anyway <laughs> was it douglas adams who said the best thing about deadlines is the whooshing noise they make as they go flying by so um <laughs> i think he's got the last word on, on that one but um so so th th there's a membrane as well over the pins. So oh, is there? I so, didn't, I yeah, didn't so notice that. It gives it a kind of a sort of soft um, feel as well. I think when you when you try and read the braille, so the the braille sort of slightly wider, and there's that that kind of soft feel. And also the dot height is it's it's not high. You know, it's um, it, it's. So quite... I had a remote demo. I was in from the other side of the table. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to. Uh... Is it the same as a dot the dot watch? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of idea. Okay. I mean, to so those may... of you who've tried the dot watch, this was the device that, with four cells on it. Um, yeah, which is a very bold, bold place to put some braille cells because there isn't a braille manufacturer on earth isn't terrified of lint. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, that was an interesting device, and this is using the same tech. Yeah, but scaled up, isn't it? Yeah, but obviously, look, they're, they're going after education, aren't they? So they want That's right. um, kids to be able to use this. So clearly, they want to protect it and try and make it as robust as it can be. So it's a really interesting one to 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 watch, and uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more um, about the Monarch as we we go forward. Let's um, let's talk about Orbit then. They've got um, a number of interesting developments. One is um, they've got a multi-line um, Orbit reader, so there's two configurations available. One has five lines, I think, of of twenty cells, and then I think there's uh, three lines of forty. Something like that. So, yeah. so yeah. The the whole uh, point there is that it's the same technology that you find in the original Orbit reader that that actuates the pins. So very much the opposite in several ways of the Monarch, because yeah. of course the Monarch has um, two point five millimeters, so very dense spacing all the way down, so you can draw lines all the way down. Whereas the um, uh, the Orbit multi-line version has, I think, it's about thirty millimeters or something. It's 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 a wider spacing, yeah. Uh, and also in price, the Orbit one is uh, significantly cheaper because the the Monarch is predicted to come in around twelve to fifteen thousand dollars, I believe, uh, which translates to about twelve to fifteen thousand pounds usually. So the line spacing is quite a bit wider on those um, Orbit. I call it the Orbit Slate. Um, those those three and and, and five line. Uh, products. So it'll be interesting to see what see I like about it. Though I mean, there's always we've got all these different things that play out. Whether you want to have braille spacing that's a that's a bit a bit weird, but it lets you do lines, you know, ver horizontal lines like the Monarch is doing, or whether you're doing ones like the 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 Orbit. I mean, it's one you need to try these different things and uh, to know what works. And we don't really know whether they work until people have tried them. And that, so having variety like that is very useful. Um, and I'll chuck in a, uh, my own my own plug here for the Canute console, which we'll make, mention briefly later. But the other thing is, which I particularly, I, I do like this about the Orbit one, uh, from a business point of view, is 
they already have the technology. They're, they're building this out of their pre-existing technology. It's nice to see people reusing stuff and just finding new and in innovative ways of using their existing tech, isn't it? Well, we'll t look, we'll talk about that in a second. I just want to mention the, the Graffiti uh, Plus, which is uh, sort of Orbit's idea for graphics, because with the Graffiti Plus, so the Graffiti, which I know you and I have seen a few times, but I'm, I'm pretty sure most people listening won't have, um, and that is a tactile graphics display. Um, the pins are a little bit wide, you know, spaced quite far apart for, for really smooth braille reading. But the interesting thing about the graffiti, I think, is the possibility to have pins set at multiple heights. So I think they can have, you know, four heights and then completely, you know, flat. So five kind of levels of, of sort of contour, if you will. So that And you when can... you come to image representation, that does make quite a big difference. It changes it from being a sort of uh, very interpreted to actually quite close in some senses to the original uh, visual image. Right. And and I don't think the graffiti is, is really available yet, but the interesting thing about the graffiti pro or graffiti plus, the sort of the newer incarnation of that is that you get a regular orbit reader 40 display um so that you've got the braille on a separate part of the device so you've got the kind of the graphic display for showing rendering your image and then you've got the braille uh with the correct spacing on and that's, a separate braille line and that's underneath isn't it and then underneath yeah. that you've got your um your perkins keyboard that's right so that's sort of sort of in front so um that's a different thing because obviously the the idea with the monarch device is that they're trying to show braille and tactile graphics on the same surface whereas with um you know with the with the graffiti there's there's sort of an acknowledgement that actually the requirements are different so let's put braille on this line over here and then we'll do the graphics on the on the graphics display the third thing i think we need to say before we move away from orbit is about their laptop so they have uh, worked with a company i think they're called frame to develop a modular laptop that essentially means you can have a full fat you know windows 11 laptop with laptop quota keyboard and then instead of having a trackpad between you and the keyboard you have an orbit 40 cell braille display as part of the device now i say you have an orbit 40 cell braille display can also so Braille display, and that is an option that Orbit intend offering, and that oh, was really? a real, yeah, that was a real surprise to me. I wonder who their partners are. I wonder. I wonder. I, yeah. I, I know there's a there's a company in, um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speculate, but I I, I wonder if I wonder if it's worth yes. So Very that laptop doesn't have a screen, uh, which I thought was also an interesting decision because I think when you've got a laptop, the reason you have a laptop is because you want a mainstream device and at times you may need to show something to a sighted uh, friend or colleague. So, yeah. so there is an HDMI port so you can put um, you know, an external display on there. That's not going to be available till next year either. So I guess that's the thing about conferences like this is you do get to see some stuff when it's pretty early development interesting gets the conversation started uh but it's not stuff that's available to buy no and uh, we've today. always at the very list i mean ever, ever since we started with the whole early canoe prototypes we've been very keen on encouraging people to show us stuff before it's ready because there's been far too much in the braille world in the past of people sitting on something until they're really really happy with it and then it hasn't had enough input from people so it's really nice to see people showing stuff even when they know there's still stuff they need to work on for a while yeah. Now, the 
just staying with um, multi-line Braille, um, the other thing I saw this week, um, don't know a huge amount about it. Uh, first time I'd seen it was um, a device called Cadence. Um, and this is a sort of a modular Braille display where you get your Braille display in sections and then you can kind of push them together or you can use them separately. And they've got some really interesting, fun demonstrations. I was playing Pong uh with half a braille display and the guy on the other side of the table had the other half of the braille display and so we were kind of batting this kind of braille gun i don't want to call it a ball because it was kind of squarish you yeah. know but a square block um between the two um the two braille displays and uh testing uh and that was a, a four by uh well uh, oh and you plug them together yeah uh, someone was telling me about this yeah cadence uh, i yeah. think it was um andy from humanware mentioned it yeah yeah not familiar with it that myself. was that was that was quite interesting um we'll, we'll just talk about more about hardware in, in a second and anything else that you've seen that's kind of grabbed your attention of course we'll talk about the canute uh console that's all still to come but let's just um mention the ebrf uh standard which uh, is being led by the DAISY Consortium. And I know we've talked about it at the Brailers Foundation uh, briefly, but um, there was a bit of a sort of a celebration of that this week. I think a recognition that we are sort of, you know, on the cusp of, of, of getting somewhere in terms of people getting involved in different countries and organizations and, you know, com sort of industry and um, charities and nonprofits. So all sort of coming together uh, and recognizing that you know with brf it's kind of like a text file right and mm. we're still valuing that and that's not going away but we do need a file format that that offers us some additional features and that's where the the sort of the new standard comes in and i believe that it's been renamed peter um from duxbury was telling me this earlier it's now called ebrail is that right and I thought that was interesting because it's almost a recognition that BRF does, isn't necessarily going anywhere because it's this is more about a uh, reflowable Braille, isn't it? So it's Whereas funny. you still need some instances where you have uh, Braille where you have encoded the flow, yeah. if you like. Yeah, so it's about four things. It's about um, reflowable Braille. So James Bowden neatly describes it as the short line, long line problem um when you're reading multi-line you know braille that you might get a short bit of braille and then a long bit of braille and short bit of braille because the braille hasn't been formatted for your particular display so being able to kind of reflow the text that's one feature of the new format um internationalization as well because most um brf files are, are created in uh, ascii um and are kind of US based, but actually there's nothing really to tell any system that's displaying or reading that BRF what language it is supposed to be in. So uh, better support for internationalization and, and um, characters. Um, navigation, that's the third requirement. So you've been able to effectively use a contents page, you know, at the beginning of a Braille book, you know, in, in RNIB books, you've got to search for dot five, dots two five, followed by a number sign, and then the page number. Uh, and that, you know, that's all right. But then what if you want to go back to the contents and maybe read a different section? So navigability, uh, that's the sort of the third requirement. And then the final thing is around graphics and being able to um, embed or link or reference uh, tactile graphics as part of your electronic Braille uh, content. So where should we go next, Ed, in terms That's... of uh, the uh, tactile and braille 
uh, stuff at CSUN this year. Yeah, that is very exciting stuff about about um, the new barrel format. And I think we're looking forward as everyone who does manufacturing to be able to implement something that's a little more flexible than BOF and solves those issues you were talking about. Um, some of the things I've been seeing this year are, in fact, not about refreshable barrel at all. And, and they're quite interesting. Once again, there is the Versa Slate, if I got that right, uh, on display. Big fan of the Versa Slate myself personally. Yeah, so this is a paperless slate where you can push the pins through with a stylus. Um, and so if you want to store some Braille content temporarily, uh, you can do that without needing to have any paper. And um, yeah, I need to go and uh, catch up with those guys, actually. I think that is a product that will be coming to the UK and will be available through the RNIB shop in the coming months. And on the stand, at least, they quoted me something over $100, so presumably under 200 I can't remember exactly. It's a nice device. I would describe it as being a really useful alternative to a slate for if you're just out and about on, for example, uh, an exhibit floor and someone gives you price of a Versa slate, you use your Versa slate to just quickly jot some things down and you take it down properly later. I really like it. There is another device very similar, which I'm afraid... I was trying to remember the name of it before we started, but uh, it's by Daniel Lubiner, and I think it might be called the Doodle. And this is uh, very similar to the to the uh, Versa Slate, except that it, rather than pushing the pins through, this is more about doing tactile graphics, and you have a magnetic pen that you run across the surface, and that moves full bearings up so that you can feel and do patterns that way. And that, that's rather nice. It reminded me a little of drawing using the Orbit graffiti, which you yourself uh, have, have experimented with. And it's sim similar actual pin size to the Orbit graffiti, I believe. Yeah, and, and there are other like non-Braille tactile um, products around the place, it seems to me as well. There was a, a company yesterday I was talking with, I think Tangible Surface Research, and uh, those guys uh, are making um, a kind of almost like a bump on like uh products where you buy a little pack of, of stickers essentially so if you wanted to put tactile markings on the front of your um you know microwave for example you buy a little pack and there'll be like a a, a cross and a, and a forward arrow for start and and so they're developing this whole kind of tactile icon um language so that you can recognize what's up and down and and you know um they had three symbols. One was for a, a potato. So if there's a program on your microwave for doing a jacket potato, you press the potato-shaped tactile thing. You know, oh, what, was, what does the potato symbol look like? Around so. a bit like a potato. Um, <laughs> um, and then there was a, a slice of pizza, um, and I think something else. So um, there was a little hourglass tactile symbol for the timer. You know, so mm. um, so yeah. So I've been more flexible because we, everyone's been using bump ons for a while. It's nice to see people getting a bit more creative. Yeah, creative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's really interesting. I didn't see that one. What I did see was there is I can't remember this one. I shall have to go back and find it. And if anyone's interested, of course, you can check on the Braillist forum, and we'll probably put some updates if if anyone's asking. But there was a device where there is a an A3 size bed. And you lay your thermal printed tactile image on it, and then it has a projector from the top, and it uses the projector to tell where your hands are and vibrates the vibrates the pad. It seemed fascinating. I, I didn't get to have a demo of that yet. I don't know if you'd seen that one. So certainly, I have seen some some multi modal stuff. So there's a company called Touch Graphics Inc. who I've spent some time with, um, and they've got a large 
tablet onto which they put a map that is visually attractive and also tactile. And of course, when you touch the various points on the map, then the tablet will speak information about that point. And if you keep your finger in situ, then you get more information and eventually it gives you directions on how you get from your current location to that point on on the map. And I thought that was um, really interesting stuff as well. And then, of course, and I've mentioned this before, TMAP from the San Francisco Lighthouse. And this is software that allows you to give it your postcode and it will create a simple tactile map of your local area at a couple of different scales um, on regular braille paper so you can put that out of a, a you know a standard um, embosser so uh, i'm very keen that we we try and find ways to make that more available and of uh, course in the um, UK. Uh, we like to talk about all the new stuff here but creative ways of using your classic embossed into paper whether you're doing that manually or doing that with an embosser i mean that's going to remain the bread and butter for braille for a long time to come and it's always fun seeing that. That's what we rely on at the Braillist when we're sending stuff out for people. So that's not going away anywhere, is it? So should we should we talk about the Canute console then? Well, yes. And indeed, our meetup that we did. So um, it was nice to see some of you from the forum that we, we, we organized a meetup in the, behind the bar in the Hilton, behind the bar, I insist. We weren't meeting at the bar uh, and it's good to see um scott davert uh he was uh was here um and had uh had, had traveled in and um i know he's um you know really active contributor on the forum and also writes for um apple viz as well he delivered a three-part masterclass series uh with us um to do with braille and and, and ios so a bit of a bit of a legend i think in the community um and scott of course is, is my is first time meeting him yeah yeah so it um we were we were primarily showing off the Canute console and this was to get feedback from the from the those who attended about what it could be used for to be honest we we're, we're still finding out what this is useful for a little background for it the Canute console is the the next iteration of the Canute itself which I won't go, dwell on too much just to say that the console has a 9 line by 40 cell braille display which is used for for braille and for um, tactile graphics, and we it's a workstation which people used to so far used to do computer science on it, so programming, but also playing around with some interesting new things like doing maps, doing video games, and watching back games of football of all things. So we were just experimenting experimenting with those those things. Um, and if anyone's more interested, they can look at the Bristol Braille website and. Um, we would like to show more people about it uh, in the in coming meetings. Final comment about um, Canute. Um, for me, it was not not the end of a journey, but it was a real um, brought a, a, a well brought a smile to my face that um, Duxbury and um, Bill McCann from Dancing Dots had done some collaboration to get Canute working with. Duxbury and that Duxbury actually had Canute on their booth, yes. on their stand in the in the show. And I just remember Ed coming to meet you ten years ago in Bristol, you know, with a, a, a six line uh device with, you know, a suitcase worth of stuff to get it to to work. Um and I remember bringing 
you know, you to meet with people in the industry and uh, come into these events. And, you know, now it's like you couldn't stop it even if you wanted to now. It's it's really got a bit of a head of steam and, a, and, a, and a, you know, that's that's really tremendous uh, to see that. that and thank you very much to Peter from Duxby for that. Because so um, Bill was putting on a, doing demos where he's doing basically letting you read and write maths directly onto the Canute using Duxbury. Um, for anyone who's interested, I believe you have to update to the very latest version for that. And then you plug your Canute in as existing Canute owners in there. So you upgrade to the latest Duxbury and it, it, it has support automatically in there. You don't need to upgrade your Canute or anything like that. Fantastic. Well, from myself um, and uh, Ed here at the California State University of Northridge, Technology Conference 2023. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Brailcast, the official podcast of the Brailists Foundation. You can find more Braille-related content by subscribing to Brailcast, all one word, in your podcast client of choice, or listening to Brailcast, connecting the dots for Brailists everywhere on your smart speaker. You can also find past episodes on our website at brailcast.com. If you have comments on the podcast or suggestions of topics or guests for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please email help at braylists.org. You can also find the Braylists on Twitter at Braylists or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Foundation. Finally, if you like what you've heard, spread the word. New listeners are always welcome. So if you know other people who are interested in Braille, please tell them where to find us. In the meantime, on behalf of everyone at the Braillists, thanks for listening and bye for now. The costs of producing this episode were defrayed by a grant from the Activate Fund of the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information, visit wcmt.org.uk.